Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my love. Hello, everyone. Okay, so this week we're dealing with allergies. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think every week recently we've been dealing yeah, with allergies. Lancaster County is known for allergies. It's yep. like a sudden pollen burst. Right. We walk outside and mm-hmm. our car is covered with pollen. Yes. You can actually write your name on the car. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and besides allergies, we're dealing with book 10. So of we're Paradise on the Lost. other side of the climax of the fall of man that nine. happened in book nine. Right. right. And now kind of like in book 10, 11 and 12, all things wind down. Right. But in this week, we're going to deal with book 10. And then next week we're going to do 11 and 12 because they're very similar to each other. Right. All right. So as a review last week in book nine, Adam and Eve eat the fruit. Right. Um, sin enters the world. Right. So this is really the critical moment in paradise lost. Because this is the losing of paradise in the fall. Exactly. And in book 10, God, of course, we know at the beginning, he, I mean, the angel rushes to God to tell him what happened, but everybody knows God knows what happened before. He knew what was going to happen. He knew when it happened. And he sends his son down to pass judgment. Right. And And at some point uh in today's discussion, we're probably going to have to deal with the idea of the Felix culpa. That is the idea that the fall was a good thing. Right. Right. So it's the happy fall, the, the happy sin. Uh-huh. And this is that doctrine, the idea that the fall was ordained by God yeah. to bring about greater good. Yeah. And we'll talk about that and, more and, extensively later. Right. And that's in Romans where all things work together for good. Right. That's one of the notions. But then again, Paul says, should we sin so that God's grace may abound? Yeah. And then he says explicitly in Greek, <laughs> he <laughs> says, Meganoito. Um, uh-huh. And of course, in the King James, that is God forbid. Right. You know, we should not sin so that God's grace may abound. Right. And so the issue of the happy fall yeah. is one that we can't resolve. Right. And we'll talk about that more. Right. And that's forward. okay. Okay. So God sends his son down, as we said, to pass judgment. And, of course, we know the Son is going to be the Redeemer of man. Right. Okay. So, to back it up just a little bit. Okay. You want to go back to the introduction a little bit more. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Because God and Christ, the Mm -hmm. Son, are interacting with one another. Right. And God says this. Okay. Easy it may be seen that I intend mercy, colleague, with justice. Mm-hmm. Sending thee, that is the son, right. man's friend, his mediator, is designed both ransom and redeemer voluntary, mm-hmm. and destined man himself to judge man fallen. Yeah. So God is sending the redeemer of mankind right. to judge what man has just done in the fall. Right. The one who had previously and stepped forward and said he would right. offer himself as offer a redeemer. Himself, yes. right. So spake the Father, and unfolding bright toward the right hand his glory, on the sun blazed forth unclouded deity. So there we have the, the deity of the Son, of Jesus Christ. Right. And we also pick up on the notion that God is light. Right. 
that superlative mm-hmm. of God, that right, God is right. light. And we also introduce the notion that God has to balance mercy right, with, with justice. Justice, exactly. Right. And so the sun says this, the worst on me must light when time shall be. And of course, there's that, the fullness of time. Mm-hmm. God sent forth his son. Right, which right, born of a virgin. Milton talks about in, in book 12. Right. Right. And that's called Justice Plus. That I may mitigate their doom on me derived. Mm-hmm. Yet I shall temper so justice with mercy. Right. As may illustrate most them fully satisfied. Mm-hmm. And notice the difference here between the fall of man and the fall of Satan. Right. Because well, the fall of Satan is just complete pride. There's no humility. There's, there's no, no redemption. Right. For right. Satan. There's no redemption. There's no humility. There's right. no acknowledgement that I've fallen short of, of your standard. Right. And there is in God's response mm-hmm. here a balance. Right. Because there are two things that must be satisfied. God wants to extend mercy to man. Right. But he cannot extend mercy at the expense of justice. Mm-hmm. That is, both things need to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. He cannot be merciful unless he is also just. Right. And that is something that we forget all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. in our current world. Exactly. We, that is very true. We exalt, especially on the left we exalt these days, mercy. we exalt this idea of mercy. Right. Without recognizing that true mercy cannot be extended without justice without being balancing fulfilled. balancing it with justice. Right. Mm-hmm. So God's justice and his mercy right. must be fulfilled at the same time. And the only way to do that is for God to offer himself mm-hmm. to pay the price for what man has done. Exactly. And that is the redemption story mm-hmm. of Christ. And the only way to fulfill both justice and mercy is the crucifixion. Right, exactly. Okay, so that takes us back. Takes us back to the sun confronting Adam and Eve. Right. Well, that takes us back to that moment. Yes, exactly mm-hmm. right. Which you took us to right immediately. And right, and you wanted worth... to go back to the introduction. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's go forward to the sun confronting Adam and Eve. The sun, of course, is Jesus. And immediately, what happens? Adam places the blame on Eve. Eve places the blame on the serpent. So when Jesus comes down as Mm -hmm. the son to the garden to judge man, we call it a theophany Mm -hmm. because he appears in the garden as a human being or as something that Adam could relate to as another human being. A Christophany. A Christophany. Mm -hmm. When he, from wrath more cool, came the mild judge and intercessor both to sentence man, the voice of God they heard now walking in the garden. Mm -hmm. And this is a scene that we've seen before. Right. Right. Man corresponding directly with God as a theophany appearing to them in the garden. And that's what it says in the Genesis account. And so Jesus appears again in that sense here Mm -hmm. in the garden. While day declined, they heard, and from his presence hid themselves among the thickest trees, both man and wife. And so this is a very different circumstance, Mm -hmm. because before this, Adam rejoiced 
And Eve rejoiced in the appearance right. of God in the garden with them, right. where his feet passed, as we talked about the right. song by Cat Stevens. By Cat Stevens, right? Morning has broken. Morning has broken. Mm -hmm. Till God approaching, thus to Adam called aloud. And notice here that once again, God is sort of playing a role, a game mm -hmm. with Adam, because he knows exactly what's going on. And so he plays the game. Yeah. Kind of like the game that a mother or a father would do to their child. Exactly right. <laughs> Where art thou, Adam? Want, that is accustomed, with joy to meet my coming seen far off. Mm -hmm. I miss thee here. Not pleased, thus entertained with solitude, where obvious duty erewhile appeared unsought. Or come I less conspicuous? Or what change absents thee? Or what chance detains? Come forth, and I can't help thinking here yeah, of of Lazarus. Of Lazarus, when Jesus right? says, come Lazarus, forth, "Lazarus, come forth," and Adam and Eve have really killed themselves exactly by committing the sin right. that God commanded them not to do by exactly. eating of the fruit. So there is a direct parallel here huh. with Lazarus. Jesus says, "Come, come forth, forth, Lazarus, from the dead. Come forth," and He calls them to life, yeah. not to death. They have died. Mm -hmm. They have killed themselves. And the life of God calls to still them, is, come forth. Still is is pulsing through their, right. their spirit. And we promised, or I promised mm -hmm. in the Christian Atheist last yeah. week, that we would make the contrast this week yeah. between Satan's response in his fall mm -hmm. and Adam and Eve and their fall. That's right. Satan was never called forth to life again. Right. But the theophany, the Christophany here, calls to Adam and Eve and says, come forth. And they come. Right. There's a difference. Right. There. There's a difference where man has been created in God's image. Right. The angels were not. And it says, he came. Mm -hmm. And with him, Eve, discountenanced both and discomposed. Love was not in their looks, either to God or to each other. And of course, that breaks my heart because the main consequence of the fall mm -hmm. is it's the interruption. Division, separation. Yes, of relationship. Right, the breaking of the oneness. Right. Love was not in their looks, either to God or to each other, mm -hmm. but apparent guilt and shame and perturbation, and despair, anger, and obstinacy, and hate, and guile. And notice that these are all Satan's characteristics. That's right. right? So they have taken on the image of Satan right. everything rather than the seen, image of God. Everything we've seen in Satan and his demons right. and all of the other books preceding. Yep, they've taken on. Right. So Adam says to God, I heard thee in the garden, and of thy voice afraid, being naked, hid myself. And of course, this is that tragic moment mm -hmm. that Milton refers to, that all of the goodness of God has been essentially abandoned right. here. They're now scared right. of God right. instead of connected to him. Mm -hmm. And of course, then the son responds mm -hmm. to them. My voice thou hast often heard, and hast not feared, but rejoiced. How is it now become so dreadful to thee? 
that thou art naked, who hast told thee? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I gave thee charge, thou shouldst not eat? And like you said, this is like the parent to the child. Mm-hmm. We're playing that game. Right. It's like when You're my... You're trying to draw out a from response them. from them. Right. The truth. Right. You want them to respond to you. Not just the truth, but you want them to respond in a way that they know what they've done. Right. And remember I told you Mm -hmm. that this reminded me of a story of my youth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When, as a child, I was playing downstairs in the basement and I broke one of my father's drill bits. Mm -hmm. And when he came home, I told him, Dad, I was playing downstairs and I broke one of your drill bits. (laughs) And my dad reached into his pocket and pulled out all the change that he had in his pocket and gave it to me. And he said, this is because you were honest Mm -hmm. with me. And I think that's exactly what God is looking for here from Adam. What sort of response are you going to give me? I know what you've done. Mm -hmm. I knew it in advance. And yet, I want you to tell me right. what's going on that here. George Washington cherry tree. Response. Right, George Washington, George Washington and the cherry tree. Yes. To whom, and this is very important, mm-hmm. to whom thus Adam, sore beset, replied, Oh, heaven, in evil strait this day I stand before my judge, either to undergo myself the total crime or to accuse my other self, the partner of my life, whose failing, while her faith to me remains, I should conceal. And notice there is in Adam here a fundamental conflict mm-hmm. of loyalty to his wife right. that is in conflict with the need for truth to God. Mm-hmm. And he has to make a decision. He has to balance these moral issues, just as God has to balance mercy and justice. They're in the same position. Mm -hmm. God will not allow mercy to conflict with justice or justice to conflict with mercy. But God is the one that made them one and said, you will leave your mother and father and you will join with Eve. So he commanded that. But at the same time, now he says. And and Adam is in a quandary. How do I square? And it's sort of both responsibilities. It's sort of like, God, you made me this way. You made me to want to leave my mother and father and join with my wife and be one. Sort of like Satan saying, you made me this way. You made me the greatest angel. Mm -hmm. Satan says, that's why I did what I did. Right. But Adam's response is not the same. Not the same as Satan's. Right. He says, I should conceal and not expose to blame by my complaint. Mm -hmm. But, and here's the conflict, strict necessity subdues me and calamitous constraint. Lest on my head both sin and punishment, however unsupportable, be all devolved. Mm-hmm. Though should I hold my peace, yet thou wouldst easily detect what I conceal. And so he says this. And every time I hear this, it doesn't matter if I'm reading it in the Bible or if I'm reading it in a story that recounts the issue. Yeah. This hurts me inside. Adam says, This woman, whom thou madest to be my help, and gavest me as thy perfect gift, so good, so fit, 
so acceptable, so divine, that from her hand I could suspect no ill. And what she did, whatever in itself her doing, seemed to justify the deed. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong about that account. And yet, there's everything wrong. There's everything wrong about that right. account because he is blaming God yeah. for his failure to live up to what God commanded. And he's saying that it's the woman's fault too. And that just destroys me. Mm -hmm. In blaming God, he is saying, your goodness, God, was not good for me. And that is like what Satan says. Exactly. Right? So he blames it on God just as Satan did. Mm -hmm. And so in this instance, we see Adam pulling exactly the same sort of evil game that Satan Satan played. Right. Until later. Until later, right. But we won't see that until book 11 and 12. Well, at the end of book 10. To whom the sovereign presence thus replied, Was she thy God, that her thou didst obey before his voice? Or was she made thy guide superior? or but equal, that to her thou didst resign thy manhood. Mm -hmm. So God says to Adam, you take the part, Eve, Mm -hmm. who I made good, who I made perfect complement for you, and you elevated her to the status of God. And in that, you failed. Because only God can be God, and you have your part, Eve has her part, and each of you must maintain the structure that is in place. And if you promote one part above the others to be the highest, you are falling into sin. Mm -hmm. And the part can never be the whole. We always have to recognize that God is the whole and that he gets to set the parameters for who is in charge of who, for the structure of the hierarchy and the value. And it's not a matter of choice on the human level. We just have to follow God's structure. Right, like children following their parents when they don't understand. Right, and you don't have to understand everything. This is what works best. Adorned she was indeed and lovely, to attract thy love, not thy subjection. And her gifts were such as under government well seemed, unseemly to bear rule, which was thy part and person. And what follows from this is just absolutely critical. Which was thy part and person? Mm -hmm. Hadst thou known thyself aright? And this is that notion of self-knowledge that God requires of us to recognize who we are in relation to God. And the Greeks knew this well at the temple at Delphi Mm -hmm. of the oracle. There were three sayings, and the first of those was genothi se alton, that is, know thyself. Mm -hmm. 
This is one of the fundamental doctrines of Socrates in Plato, mm -hmm. and one of the fundamental issues of the Greek world. And they said, you need to know yourself. That is, be honest with who you are, yeah. recognizing both your strengths and your weaknesses. And this is where Adam failed right. to know himself. He put Eve in the place of God, and therefore he fell. Had he recognized his own position mm -hmm. in relation to God and the responsibility that God laid on him to be the man, to be the authority, he would have taken a different position yeah. with Eve than he did. Right. And perhaps, and I think this might actually be suggested by Milton, he would have said to Eve, no, you will not separate from me today. Right. We will stay together. Because together, we can stand against all temptations that mm -hmm. the adversary, Satan, will throw against us. Right. But divided, we are weak. We fall. Yes. And that was knowing himself. Mm -hmm. Because knowing himself was knowing both Eve and himself. Right. Because they were one flesh. Yes. Right. And so taking the proper authority at that point right. may very well have prevented the fall. Mm-hmm. So know yourself, Adam. So having said, he thus to Eve in few, Say, woman, what is this which thou hast done? To whom said Eve, with shame nigh overwhelmed, confessing soon, yet not before her judge, bold or loquacious, thus abashed replied, The serpent me beguiled, and I did eat. Mm -hmm. And so... There is a big contrast here mm -hmm. between how Satan dealt with his sin and yeah. how Eve and Adam have dealt with theirs. Right, right. They were honest. They presented the truth as best they understood it, mm -hmm. even though, frankly, Adam, I think, really screwed this up. Adam blamed Eve and blamed God. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is something that I have been eternally ashamed of. <laughs> So, on Adam's behalf? Yeah, on Adam's <laughs> behalf, I guess, on my own behalf. No, I'm just kidding. Because it's like, for me, when I think of that, mm -hmm. it's like when I stand before God, I want to make sure I am responsible for everything that you and I have done as a couple. Right. It's my responsibility. Right. And I want to make sure that I take responsibility for all of those things. Right. Even if you influenced me, that doesn't matter because God gave me the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that strikes me profoundly and deeply, right. that it's my responsibility. Right. And I've always been ashamed every time I read it of Adam throwing Eve and God under the bus. Under the bus. Right. Yes. Okay. I will shut up. Okay, so at this point, the son has passed judgment, and the scene now goes back in time to Sin and Death, who are waiting for Satan. Sin kind of knows that Satan succeeded in his goal. She has that sense. Yeah, yeah. She's... And apparently, we're just picking up on what we've heard before, mm -hmm. that they build a bridge right. between the worlds. Yeah. She convinces Death to come along with her to feed his hunger, because mm -hmm. Death is very hungry. Yes, that and death like, is hunger. Right, right. And, and of course, they construct that wide bridge. 
Mm-hmm. And Milton makes a point to say wide bridge. Yes. Because wide is the way that leads to death and narrow is the way that leads to life, as right. Jesus said. And Satan, he comes back and he's like, I'm proud of you, of, of my children for making this bridge. Yes. <laughs> and he sends sin and death to earth to corrupt humans and mm-hmm. and to kill. And, and Satan then goes on from there. back to hell. Right. He wants to report the news to the host that had fallen with him. Yes. And that's where he claims his name is adversary, right? Right. So that's actually an interesting point. So you can actually pick it up right there. Whom thus the prince of darkness answered glad, fair daughter, and thou son and grandchild both. Mm -hmm. High proof ye now have given to be the race of Satan, for I glory in the name antagonist of heaven's almighty king. And that's what Satan means, right? And that's what Satan means. Right, and right. so I guess for our listeners, that's an important point. Mm-hmm. We ought to remember that the name Satan actually means adversary. Right. And here Satan claims that proudly as his position, mm-hmm. the adversary of the most high God. Right. So he goes back to hell and he sits on the throne. And Satan addresses the demons, the host that fell with him. And an interesting part here is that he says it's well worth the bruise that he's going to receive to his head. Right. He says, by our exile made happy. Mm -hmm. Him, that is Adam, by fraud I have seduced from his creator. So he's glorying and he's bragging to the host of hell that he has seduced man away from God's true worship and over man to rule as over all he should have ruled. That is, he said, we have placed ourselves because we've managed to deceive man. We are going to rule over him Mm -hmm. as he should have ruled over the world that God gave him to rule over. And then he says this, true is me also he hath judged, or rather me not, but the brute serpent in whose shape man I deceived. And so Satan glories in the fact that someone else is taking the blame for his actions, which is another characteristic of evil. Mm -hmm. And then he says this, man, I deceived. That which to me belongs is enmity, which he will put between me and mankind. I am to bruise his heel, his seed, when is not set, shall bruise my head. So God is prefiguring there the crucifixion and the bruising of Satan's head is that he will ultimately lose this battle. But Satan says this, a world who would not purchase with a bruise says, if this is the worst that God's going to do to me, then it was well worth it. I will gladly take the bruise in order to gain this kingdom that I have gained or much more grievous pain. Ye have the account of my performance. What remains, ye gods, but up and enter now into full bliss? Mm -hmm. So Satan is here claiming victory over Mm God. And he's instructing his followers to go now to earth. But something happens here, and all of them are suddenly turned into serpents. Right. So this is the judgment of God that comes down on them yearly 
that they will be turned into the right. form with which they deceived right and, and there's a grove of trees like the tree of knowledge of good and evil right and every time they go to bite the fruit it turns to ashes right and this is to remind us mm-hmm. of the greek story of tantalus mm-hmm. who was punished in hell in such a way that he would reach for fruit that would constantly be blown out of his reach And every time he would be thirsty, he would go down to drink the water in which he was standing. Mm -hmm. And as he would reach down, the water would retreat from his reach. And so the demons themselves are kind of in the same situation. They keep hungering and thirsting, and the fruit that they reach for turns to ashes in their mouths. Right. Well, with Satan and the demons rejoicing and then suddenly becoming serpents, it kind of reminds me of Nebuchadnezzar and his pride when he looks around and he says, I've made all of this, and he's turned into a beast. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the Chronicles of Narnia is where Rabidash is turned into a yes, donkey. <laughs> a donkey, right. <laughs> and has to return to the city as a donkey, <laughs> but then returns to a man. But if he is to travel away from the city, he will turn back into a donkey mm-hmm. and will never turn back into a man again. So that punishment is very reminiscent of God's punishment here of the demons in hell. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, earth is changed by God's angels at this point. Um, The temperatures are uncomfortable. There's storms, wind, ice. Right, so this is the playing out Mm -hmm. of the fall. Of sin, right. On earth itself. Yeah. Discord, who is the daughter of sin, causes animals to be at war with each other and with humans. All of these changes causes Adam to grow miserable. And the fascination that Milton has with Mm -hmm. astronomy is played out here, too, because he talks very clearly about the earth being tilted on its axis at this point and the changes of the station of the The earth bringing about the seasons Mm -hmm. and the cold of winter. And the renewal of spring. the tilt of the axis is what causes the seasons. In his miserableness, Adams, he wishes for death. And he wishes that he would only be punished rather than everybody else. Right. And that that was one of the great contrasts between Satan's fall and Adam's fall. Because Adam takes full responsibility for what he's done. And And he wishes that all of the responsibility and all of the consequences would fall on him rather than on others. And that's a radical distinction. Those who would come after him. And that's a radical distinction between him and Satan. And Satan has his followers with him, and he encourages them to rally against God. So it says, to sorrow abandoned, and it's talking about Adam here, but worse felt within. And in a troubled sea of passion tossed, thus to disburden, sought with sad complaint, O miserable of happy, is this the end of this new glorious world, and me so late the glory of that glory, who now become accursed of blessed, hide me from the face of God, whom to behold was then my height of happiness. Yet, well, if here would end the misery, I deserved it and would bear my own deservings. So Adam clearly states, in direct contrast to Satan's fall, Mm -hmm. that he was responsible for it. 
and he wishes that he himself could bear the consequences right. rather than spreading it to others. Right. And we see what happens to the others in books 11 and 12. There's a and, recounting of history and biblical history. And then Adam says, O fleeting joys of paradise, dear bought with lasting woes. Mm -hmm. And then there is this eternal lament that I think many of the rest of humanity would share with Adam when he says this, did I request thee, maker, from my clay to mold me, man? Did I solicit thee from darkness to promote thee, or here place in this delicious garden? The existential philosophers call uh -huh. this thrownness. Okay. That is, we find ourselves coming into existence as rational creatures in a particular situation, time, and place, not of our choosing, but just of the factual reality. Right. We're thrown into it. We're thrown into mm -hmm. it. And Adam says this, did I ask for this God? Mm -hmm. And yet, here I am. Mm -hmm. Why am I mocked with death? and lengthened out to deathless pain. How gladly would I meet mortality, my sentence, and be earth insensible. How I would love to really encounter death God and simply be no more. No more. Why was I ever born in the first place? Where can I go from your spirit? For though the Lord of all be infinite, is his wrath also? Be it. Man is not so, but mortal doomed. How can he exercise wrath without end on man, whom death must end? Can he, that is God, make deathless death? That were to make strange contradiction, which to God himself impossible is held, an argument of weakness, not of power. So God cannot contradict himself. Right. And that's Aristotelian logic. The idea that God himself must maintain the law of non-contradiction, whereas Satan's logic is Hegel's logic. Contradiction, we can believe two things that are contradictory at mm -hmm. the same time. Yep. Not so with God. We talked about in our Hegel series. Yes. You described Aristotelian logic. Right. And God himself seems to be the author of yeah. Aristotelian logic. Yeah. That's the logic he put into the universe. Right. Okay. So now book 10 kind of just goes off into Adam and Eve discussing everything amongst themselves. Eve tries to comfort Adam. Adam calls her a serpent. Right. It actually gets he, quite nasty. Yeah, he does get nasty. But then in the end, they come back together and the book ends with Adam and Eve praying to God. They say the only thing we have left is to appeal to God's mercy. And that's what they do. And that's how the book ends. So it's worthwhile spending a uh -huh. few seconds talking about how Adam mm -hmm. responds finally to Eve after all of the back and forth yeah. and the anger and the frustration. Adam says this, unwary and too desirous as before, so now of what thou knowest not, who desirest the punishment all on thyself. So Eve has tried to say, I am at fault here. Uh -huh. And Adam says, no. no. Alas, bear thine own first, 
ill able to sustain his full wrath, whose thou feelest as yet least part, and my displeasure bearest so ill. If prayers could alter high decrees, I to that place would speed before thee, and be louder heard, that on my head all might be visited. Thy frailty and infirmer sex forgiven, to me committed, and by me exposed. But rise, let us no more contend, nor blame each other, blamed enough elsewhere, but strive in offices of love how we may lighten each other's burden in our share of woe. And that seems to be the entire structure of the marital relationship yeah, uh, moving forward. And a reuniting. Yeah. A, a so re- the fractured relationship mm-hmm. becomes again one. Right. As best as you can. In as the, best in the we world can. Right. Yeah. And we human beings in love as man and woman hand in hand mm-hmm. face the world and do what we can to lighten each other's burdens Mm -hmm. in the face of all of the tragedy that the world and and the and the attacks Mm -hmm. of the enemy of the adversary attacks on the marital relationship i was going to say what god instituted in genesis the center of everything and so together hand in hand moving forward as we'll see at the end of paradise lost 12 That that is the greatest promise that we have of moving forward as the human race, to join together hand in hand, facing all of the things that come toward us, working in the garden that God has given us, even if it's no longer the Garden of Eden. Right, which we, in past no compromises, we said was the man's castle, the garden. Yes. Okay, John, why don't you read the last portion of book 10? Okay. So this sort of sums mm-hmm. up where we've come. Yeah. Adam and Eve have had a lot of conflict with one another, mm-hmm. but they come to reconcile with each other, and they recognize that their relationship between the two of them is dependent on their relationship with God right. and being honest with one another and with God forthright in facing the world together as one flesh. And they say this, So spake our father penitent, nor Eve felt less remorse. They forthwith to the place repairing where he judged them, prostrate fell before him reverent, and there confessed humbly their faults, and pardon begged, with tears watering the ground, and with their sighs the air frequenting, sent from hearts contrite, in sign of sorrow unfeigned, and humiliation meek. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a contrast between the sin of Satan and the sin of Adam and Eve, it's there. This is it. This is it. Mm -hmm. They fall humbly before God in full recognition of their responsibility for what they've done, and beg forgiveness. Right. And in that case, as it says, I'm not sure which book it says this, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
Then I will hear yeah. and heal Turn their my land. Turn face and heal their land. And heal their land. Um, Is that Micah? That's Solomon's prayer when he's at the temple. Oh, okay. When he's dedicating the temple to God. Okay. And he does that massive prayer. Okay. So that's it. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. Satan, as we said, I think in book two, is evil unrepentant. Mm-hmm. Human beings in a right relation to God turn around, and that's the idea of repentance, right. turning around, recognizing their faults, their sins, and turning to God. And that's actually in Plato, too, mm-hmm. the idea of the, the turnaround. Right. So that's where we end with book 10. And you did the Republican Simple Gifts. So if you want to hear that. Yeah, I I strongly recommend going to Republic Book 8 and reading it. Or even you can go through the whole playlist, the entire book. Of Republic, yes. Yeah. Which is incredibly important for the Western world and even for understanding the biblical narrative. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Because it lies behind that. Okay, so that completes book 10. And next week we'll be doing books 11 and 12 together. And that will complete Paradise Lost completely. And then we have to figure out where to go next, huh? Right. (laughs) Okay, if, if you haven't started reading Paradise Lost for yourself, you can listen to John read it while you're on your way to work or walking your dog. The links are in the description where you can listen to our Simple Gifts podcast where John reads without commentary. And the best place probably to listen to it, we say this every week, is YouTube because we put everything in convenient playlists. But no matter where you're listening, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment, send us a message. John tries to always reply to comments and messages so long as he, as we said last week, he doesn't get lost in the technology. <laughs> He's like, is this an email or a text or where where am I supposed to go? Okay, so I remembered what I was going to say. Okay, the, go ahead. If we are to turn from our current direction in our society, mm-hmm. we must follow the example given us here by Adam and Eve. Right. We must recognize where we've gone wrong, take responsibility for our world. Even if it's not our actions specifically, we have allowed them to occur. Mm -hmm. We must take responsibility. We must turn around and change direction and confess to God our faults and do our best to change things again. Because if we do not do that, Our world is going to come down around our ears. It's the nature of the logic of the world that God has given us. We cannot escape the consequences of our actions. Adam and Eve recognized that. We too must recognize that. The world that we have before us, this world of wokeness, is our own responsibility. What does Jordan Peterson say about your local level, the local yes. level where you you can't take care of the entire world, you can't but you do the can take world. care of the place where right. you live. What, what it, is it's the idea of make your bed, make yeah, clean up your room. There's a specific chapter in that book where he talks about taking care of the area where you live. Yeah, I think it is the make your bed, clean up your room mm-hmm. section of the book. Oh, okay. But it's that idea that you have to take care of what is yours. And unless we do that, we are going to bear the consequences Mm -hmm. of our actions. Right, right. 
So if you have the means to support us, use the link in the description to buy us a cup of coffee. We appreciate it and we hope you are having a great week. And as always, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your life to listen. We appreciate it extremely much. We really do. I love you, my Jennifer Ann. I love you, Johnny. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.